My name's Chris. And I'm Christy. And this is the Washing Up Podcast. And yeah, I know, there's no, there's, there's no MasterChef on, on TV. So it's still in our hearts, Chris. It's always in our still hearts. Still in our hearts. Forever in our hearts. Thank you, by the way, for the feedback that everyone had for, for us talking to Ben. Um, that was sensational feedback. We really appreciate all of it. Exactly. And then that meant that we went, you know what, we've had Ben. Let's go for Eloise. How are you going, Eloise? Hi, I'm great. How are you guys? Oh, we're spectacular. Oh, um, good. Let's just, the tote's good. <laughs> so um, the, ov- the obvious question just to start off with, how are we now post-MasterChef whirlwind? Um, I have a lot more time on my hands now. <laughs> Lovely. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, amazing. So um, overall, like, we'll start with the how was the overall experience rather than do that at the end because I actually think it leads us into better places. So yep. The overall experience, not just on the show, but the outside of the show stuff as well. How has that been for you and how different was it from what you anticipated? Um, Overall, it was quite overwhelmingly positive. I really enjoyed the experience of being a part of the show and post being there and in the watching it part of the the process, that was good fun too for the most part. Um, (laughs) Everything's just so much bigger in real life than it was uh, in in how the uh, in my head as to how I expected it to be. So yeah. like all the positive stuff is so much more positive, and then the negative stuff as well is just it's a lot broader than that. Yeah, too. Everything gets hyperinflated. Absolutely. <laughs> when you came in on humble but strong foundations <laughs> when you auditioned with those ricotta donuts, <laughs> you know, like they were, they were humble fare compared to what you were, you know, attempting at the end of all of it. We'll come back to that. I don't know if you're quite recovered, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> I'm not recovered from the challenge to send you home. So we'll come back to that later. We'll start with simple, but good. Yeah. Okay. I thought, let's start at the good end, you know, where you're getting an apron and they go, like, Oh my God, best donuts ever. And, and, <laughs> you know, back in the days before, the mention of the word whiskey. Um, <laughs> yep. And so that was. So those ricotta donuts, though, they they looked incredible. I'm pretty sure. So I saw either, it was either George or Matt's face. No, no, um, Gary's face. That just looks like there was a very special moment they were having. <laughs> <laughs> what you what you didn't see was Gary going back for seconds, thirds, fourths. <laughs> it was Gary then. Uh, yeah, it must have been. I'm standing there going, seriously, guys, they're, they're just donuts, but. <laughs> Apparently they liked them, so you know. Okay. The other thing, the other thing about that I've always thought about is when they bring people in, if, if they've had, especially if they've had a dish beforehand that maybe wasn't necessarily up to standard, and they're like, it's 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 getting there, and then you like you bring in something like the ricotta donuts, and they're just wolfing them down. Thank you, palate <laughs> <Talent> cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> so so when you went in, you know, what were your sort of general aims? When you went in there, oh, so obviously, well, apart from that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I was pretty determined that I was going to get in, so yeah. I, I. That's I, a good start. <laughs> yeah, I, I had my heart set on it, and I was like, I'm doing anything in my power to make sure that this happens, and then I'm going to do anything in my power to make it as far as I possibly can. Um, you know, it would have been nice to have made it all the way through to the end, but to be fair, to have made the top ten, to have gone to Japan. I don't actually think I ever really expected that that was going to happen. So I was pretty impressed with it. I was just sort of taking it one day at a time, keeping the end goal in mind, but just seeing how far I could go. And 
trying to enjoy myself as much as possible because I, I figure, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. If I can't have some fun with it, then what am I even doing here? <laughs> exactly. I mean, not every day does someone go, you know what? I want to go on MasterChef and, you know, excel. It's, it, I think it takes a very special person, not only to have that in their mind, but then to pursue it as well. Like, and it's probably yeah. the right mindset to have rather than going and going, I'm just going to limp into MasterChef. <laughs> one. That's, that's all I want. I'm going I'm to get out week one and then I'm going to spend the rest of the time waving to everyone. Yeah. Well, you know what? If that's your goal, then good on you. But <laughs> I mean, back in the old days with, when reality first came to Australia with Big Brother. <laughs> well, again, when reality first came to Australia. <laughs> you want to clarify reality TV or just yeah, yeah. reality in general? Reality we didn't have it. So. I'm pretty sure that between um, the, what was it called, Sylvania Waters and... <laughs> And Big Brother, there wasn't much reality TV in Australia, so that's where no. I can't stand are, you, are you saying Acropolis Now wasn't reality? <laughs> Disappointing. Okay. Disappointing. Um, <laughs> that too. So, you know, like they would go on it and then, you know, be happy with their club promotions and stuff. <laughs> yeah. They got from that or as a weekly spread. <laughs> yeah, they'd, they'd, they'd just be happy to be a part of it. Exactly. You know, and, and, like, take as many free drinks at the bar as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> with the... um. Because I'm really, like, both Chris and I are really excited about this pirate thing. So, uh, <laughs> let's get to like, it now. Let's just, let's just jump from one good thing to another. Um, was that something that you went in already in the back of your mind or was it? No. No? I, no, not even slightly. Um, I don't know whether you guys picked up on it, but the whole burning pirate ship thing came from during my audition I was explaining to the judges about the flavour profile of, 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 the, of a dish and saying, because I had like a smoky whiskey and I had mm. salt and I had some citrus and there was chocolate. And I was trying to explain the flavour profile and I was like, well, it just kind of tastes like a burning pirate ship. <laughs> kind of lost it. So like, uh, and then Matt, they were looking, George and Gary were looking at me like, what are you on about, you crazy person? And then Matt turned around and he's like, yeah, you know what, I can see what you're where you're coming from with that. And then that Preston made it that Pardon? Of course Preston could work that out. Yeah, because he's amazing. And, yeah, I think that he's got so much knowledge and history in his head that there's no level of crazy that he can't, you know, justify. He can, he can, vis- um, he can I do think he can visualise a bit better than the other two with that sort of yeah, really hyper abstract. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I'd miss that completely. So thank you for joining the dots there. That's all right. <laughs> and then, yeah, that made it to air and it became a bit of a thing. Like everyone who, when I was sitting at home watching it, I was getting text after text after text after text of people going, oh, my God, Burning Pirate Ship, that's hilarious, Burning Pirate Ship, this, that, the other. And so when it came to it and I started thinking about, all right, what are my next steps going to be? Because without winning $250,000, I can't really just start a bar because I don't have that in my back pocket. (laughs) I need something in the meantime. So why not start up a little sweets business and sort of run with that thing? Because then that can down the track link into the whiskey thing as well. So you can spiral a little into other things. That, that's that's incredibly good planning and good foresight. I, I like that. I, I like that idea a lot. Now, the more important thing for us, of course, is that now there's going to be multiple um, country locations of this, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> she franchises. <laughs> you know, now you're not just going to, like, South Australia this. You know, you're going to take it elsewhere. I mean, look, we don't have a bias particularly. <laughs> very, uh, very pushy there, Buchanan. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I'm not pushy. I'm just suggesting maybe... 
Sydney. Sydney. Now, <laughs> it's not that we live in Sydney. We're just suggesting that it, it needs a pirate, burning pirate ship theme, does it? But. Okay. Look, I'll take that under advisement. Yes. It needs to go right next to Sarah's pork place. Oh, my God, yes. I want to live next door to Sarah's pork well, this, this is what I'm saying. Now, I think that just that run of, like, you've got pork and then you've got dessert. Because mm. you guys did really well teaming up. Like, in the um, Melbourne Market Challenge, yeah. um, there was the, the donut kebab and, and Sarah's pork skewers. Like, that yeah. was a bloody match made in heaven. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. That was so much fun. I mean, I, I, I do like the team challenges in mm-hmm. Masterchef. It's one of the things I actually really like about the show is when those team challenges happen. Between that and Japan, mm-hmm. and that Japan team challenge as well. Yeah. They're two of my favourite challenges, that Melbourne Marketplace one. Though, yeah. those, those, the balance between that and the pork, it was just sensational. Thanks. But, having, having been through it, those two were my absolute hands-down favourite team challenges as well. They were just so much fun. The Japan and- one just looked as crazy as you would expect something in Japan to be. Yeah. What were their customers like? Like, they were they just around or were they, like, you know, especially brought in or who were these people that were? I don't actually know the answer to that. I just, because we just turned up, we were told, start prepping, here's your teeny tiny little Eloise-sized kitchen, <laughs> get started. Fortunate for you, not fortunate for others, Ben. Rushing through. Beg your pardon? I said fortunate for you, not fortunate for others, Oh, my ben. God. No, but our, our kitchen, like, they were all really small. But to get into ours, you literally had to turn sideways to shuffle in oh to get through the doorway. <laughs> it was, my, like, ridiculously tiny. It's like baby, Barbie's yakitori house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it is. I'm, I'm actually, the reason why Ben was standing at the grill and didn't move from that one spot is because he probably couldn't get out again. <laughs> yeah, no, his comment, his comment to us was, I couldn't move. Yeah. I was kind of wedged. He goes, I had to work the yakitori. It was the only place I could stand. Yep. I'm not surprised. No, I mean, it was just, yeah, it, it looked insanely cramped and i mean i'm not particularly a, a tall person but i look like i probably would have been struggling in terms of it was verging on cutthroat kitchen in its it like was yes. very, it was very yes. close it definitely had a cutthroat kitchen vibe to it it was like <laughs> here are these ridiculous here's this ridiculous space and here are these utensils that you're probably never going to use again and here's one burner and you have to feed 100 million people your time starts now it was yep. Crazy. And by the way, just yell out random Japanese phrases to keep them happy. <laughs> um, I, all I knew was um, oishi and oishi desu and that's oishi all you need. It's all you need. It's <laughs> it's it's but a coverall. For those who may not be able to speak Japanese, what the hell does that mean? Um, oishi is delicious. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think oishi desu is a question like, is it delicious? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. But see, I'm no Japanese expert either, so I'll I break out my I'll break out my rudimentary. I have, I have basic high school Japanese and that's about the level of my Japanese. And your yeah. French is the keys are on the bureau. Yeah, my, my, my French, my extent of my French is le clefs on a bureau, um, <laughs> which is the keys are on the sideboard. Um, <laughs> but how extensive is your French, Eloise? Because you named, like, this is not a pâté in French. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, um, I, my French used to be really good. I got to the point where I was fairly close to maybe being fluent. <laughs> I spent a little while in France uh, while I was in high school on a, an exchange program, but oh, nice. that was a very long time ago and most of that has gone. So <laughs> I want to say this is not a pâté. Which and- was perfect. <laughs> and you made something which was, you know, I'm not a big pâté fan. It was the only version of pâté I probably would have eaten. See, yeah, I'm, 
Well, you are. A big... I'm a massive pate fan, so I was just on board from the get-go, whether it was or if it wasn't a pate, it looked yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you were looking there going, I don't care if it is a pate or if it's not a pate, it looks like a pate. <laughs> that, was, well, that was the goal, so. Well, that was perfect then. Um, now, we need to talk about, you know, winning immunity pins. I know. Because yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, almost like, oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? <laughs> I had me. I had one of those. The, the, you're laughing, but that is how my life goes and that's how my brain works. I'm like, oh, yeah, that totally happened. Yeah, that's right. I wouldn't have been me. just totally, like, kick someone's ass from Atlas. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Yeah. Have you eaten in his restaurant since? <laughs> I haven't been to his restaurant, but I have had a chat with him since. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Things between us are totally fine. They're totally cool. Not awkward at all. Well, no, my, my only no humble thing, brags. <laughs> my only thing in that challenge was, and I commented on it at the time, was where it's supposed to be a completely blind taste test. Yeah. They're not supposed to know whose is who. And one dish appears bearing whiskey. Yes. And I'm just there going, gee, I wonder if they can pick. <laughs> <laughs> but you were clever not to add it in the title because if you add it in the title, they would have gone, oh, no, whose this is. But, but Okay. Let's face it, did you, if you look at how the dishes were presented, yeah, yeah. and they, the judges know that I'm really quite useless. <laughs> the thing that I'm the worst at, I, I know that about myself. It didn't look elegant. It didn't look like it didn't, it didn't look as bad as it could have looked, but it also didn't really look very restauranty. If they looked at those two dishes side by side without knowing what was in them and didn't pick which one the chef made, I think they'd be in a bit of trouble themselves anyway. Producers <laughs> sitting them down. Look, we just need to. Can we have credentials? Um, <laughs> I just. I don't believe you necessarily are who you say you are, guys. Can we just have some, like a CV, um, a picture of you in a kitchen? That would be nice. Um, something just to prove you are who you say you are. But like, I, I genuinely appreciated your use of whiskey early on because I like whiskey, and I appreciated the fact that you used it often. Um, because you didn't use it the same way every time, you know, it was a, it was a no, different wasn't a nip on the side while she cooked. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> just, it wasn't just, and here's a nip just in case. Um, no, you managed to use it in a variety of different ways and, and it never sort of just dominated what you were making. And, and, you know, obviously the idea of, you know, whiskey being a bit of a passion project for you was sort of played up very early on, but sort yeah. of. How hard was it eventually to sort of wean away from doing whiskey dishes, especially well, in that sort of really, really focused, intense environment? Um, I, I don't know. I didn't actually go in there with the intention of using whiskey all the time. But when, I, when like the first few cooks, I don't know, the first few things that I did and the judges liked it and they kept commenting like we really like the way that you're using whiskey and we like the way that you're incorporating it blah blah blah. so I thought well if they like it and if it's you know all of these things just come to you as you're there like you've got to think on on your feet and think on the spot and if I thought it was going to work I would I would just do it and if I didn't then it would be pointless to try to include it and obviously you know some of the challenges you don't have access to the full pantry so you are limited with what you can select and whatever um I don't know I just kind of played around with it if I thought it was going to work and most of the time it did and it's just something that was a a bit of fun and because it became a a uh, like a 
signature thing that I, I did, I, I don't know, it's never going to hurt, particularly because whiskey is something that I want to be involved with going forward anyway. And I think it didn't hurt you. Like uh, some people can use their kind of passions as a crutch, you know, like it's a, it's the, the, it's the fallback position, but it was very clear that you had a, a strong development throughout sort of growing the, with the series. It. So, you know, oh, thanks. Yeah, yes. Well, that's that's something that you know, and and it was commented on again towards the end with a lot of you know, like Ben doing a lot of desserts towards the end. Everyone oh, it's another ice cream, and and the thing was, well, he yeah, but he didn't start doing ice cream. It wasn't until halfway through he made his first one. Yeah, and then it was a development after that, and it was the same with you with whiskey early on. It wasn't the same thing every time with whiskey. Yeah, it was a different way to use it, a different way to feature it, and it was a natural progression. Yeah. So, and they keep throwing Ben under the bus for using ice cream, which I don't have a problem with because ice cream's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Your ice creams are fucking phenomenal. Just, just, <laughs> just like, putting it out there. Just putting it out there, like that rosemary shortbread one with the chocolate. Oh, thank I, you. Yeah, that was that was. I I remember watching that episode in your face when that sort of came <laughs> up. It was <laughs> it was like Gary's when he ate your donuts. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. That that ice cream. So that the ice cream sandwich itself wasn't something that I thought of, but that ice cream, very specifically the smoked chocolate whiskey ice cream mm-hmm. with rosemary and salt, that mm-hmm. was something that I had. That was one of the only things that I had made before that I went, I like it. I'd really like to do that in the MasterChef kitchen and mm-hmm. see what sort of feedback I can get from it. I can see why. Um, um, well, but I didn't realise that it was going to be that well received. And then when I sort of decided to just throw it into an ice cream sandwich, I thought, well, because that was, that was like, I want to do this ice cream, but you can't just serve ice cream. So how can I turn it into a whole dish? And then when I got that feedback, I was just completely flawed because it was something that I had worked on and developed and come up with previously. And I, I really liked it. But, you know, sometimes you like something and, you've made something or you've eaten something and you love it and then you give it to someone completely neutral and they're like, yeah. And then, you know, your heart breaks a little bit. So when they weren't like that and when the, the feedback that I got from Ben Shuri was just like mind boggling and I'm still flawed to this day that he... I can understand why. <laughs> but you also wowed um, Peter, what's his face? Um, I've just had a blank. Um, oh, Peter Gilmore. Peter Gilmore with another ice cream sandwich. <laughs> that one has blackberries in it. I just... I could see him standing there. I'm like, I can't remember his name. Just my oh, name. That was the um, that was the rosemary and lemon oh, ice cream yeah. with the coconut flakes. That's yeah. the one. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that one there was yeah. Sorry, you're right. Having flashbacks. Having flashbacks. Having ice cream flavor overload in my brain and my tonsils. Tonsils. Wow. Tons. Let me sit back and not talk for a bit. Chris, you've got this. I'll take this. I'll take it. No, but but that, that, yeah, that Peter Gilmore ice cream, again, that was another one where it was just really strong and it was, you wanted to go through the TV to eat it. Oh, thanks. Well, that one was almost a complete disaster because I started off going down a cherry ripe path and then they told me, no, don't do cherry ripe, essentially. And I went, okay, well, they're very against this idea, so I'd better change it up. And then I kind of went into panic mode and went, what are the, what's the first thing I can think of? I'll just grab it and make it and hope that it works. And it was, that one was a bit of a fluke almost. Yeah, well, I, rem- I, re- I remember that week. We will, not, we will not discuss that week. No. <laughs> uh, I remember that week because some people were told not to and some people did. So we'll move on. Um, no, no, but but I- can, I just, can I just interject there yeah. and say that sometimes, like, the judges do 
always give a bit of advice and they say whether they like the idea or not. At the end of the day, it's up to us to either run with it or change our mind and we have to own those decisions. And not every comment that the judges say make it to air. So it may not be a matter... Like, it's hard to know sometimes whether the judges may have said the same thing to everybody and then because they decided to stick with their guns anyway... It didn't play out to the story. Yeah. And I think also, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Like they can give you advice at the the beginning of the day. Yeah. You can either take it or reject it. Look at it. Are they playing devil's advocate or are they giving me genuine advice? Yeah. Um, I mean, you were there for one of the greatest showdown showdowns in advice giving history. Ah, yes. (laughs) Let's segue in, shall we? With Eloise. Um, of the salt fight, sorry, with, so Eliza, with El- Eliza. Eliza versus George. Yes. Oh, right, yes. So the, the, the beginning of our scorecard of Eliza versus George, where George would be giving Eliza advice and rather than everyone going, <laughs> yes, yes, George, she'd just snap back. Yeah. Um, Can we just take a minute to appreciate how awesome Eliza is? Like, yeah. So it, brilliant. It was, again, we did a scorecard and she was the only person in the kitchen who won. Um, because she ended up with a four-one series victory, she she only, lost, she only lost one showdown. Um, it was the, the second one she lost, but that one there where she told George what was going to happen. Yeah, and then she did it, and George had to admit that she was right. This is the beauty. That's what you want. Exactly. And then the <laughs> the only other one that I again is is my favourite moment of the whole series remains Japan, where 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 Gary comes in and says, "Have you put that on?" And she goes, "No, no Gary, no." <laughs> You just saw Gary just very quietly back away. <laughs> and <laughs> on the salt fight, just to get back there. After Eliza's done that, did you and Aram and who else was with you? Um, I think it was Ben. Did you jump up on the table and go like Captain, my Captain? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Eliza, she was she was the best captain, and she's just she's so funny. Yeah, and she's so. How you see her on TV is my completely 100% my experience of her in person. Like she's kooky, she's a bit goofy, she's funny, she's got these these brilliant facial expressions, these brilliant one-liners. She's really lovely, and she just did such a good job because she bossed us around. But it wasn't in a mean kind of you you resent her for bossing you around kind of way. It was like a wow, you were born for this job kind of way. So <laughs> it's that, that nursing background coming through. Uh. Yeah, I can see her because she's the theatre nurse, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Completely see her, you know, getting the doctors on board to get their shit together. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Now, now in terms of unusual challenges, what we refer to as the Great Wall of Aram. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Now, that challenge was, let's face it, insane. Yep. And first of all, how did any of you get anything done when all you could hear was, Aram! I don't know, but I have to share something with you. Eliza, yeah, the whole time it was Eliza screaming out to Aram and him just not hearing her. And And then poor Aram admitting, by the way, just quickly on his little cutaway, I don't have the best hearing. Yeah. (laughs) He's so funny. He's hilarious as well. He's got to win points for comedy. He had the other best line, which is, well, now I'm apparently the, um, what was it, the, the king of, um, oh, what was he the, the king source of? King, yeah. The source king or something like that. Puree, puree? Puree, puree, yeah. puree king. Yeah. That's right. Now I'm apparently yeah. the puree king. <laughs> so the, the Great Wall of Aram Challenge. So. Yes. 
And oh, so I think I was, I think we were next to Eliza and Aram, if I remember correctly. And at one point I was trying to call out to Callan, but he wasn't responding to me. And so I'm calling out Callan. And then Aram's like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, the whole, the, the whole day he's not responding to Eliza. And then I'm calling Callan. And then all of a sudden Aram decides that I'm talking to him. That was at me. At this point you're like, okay, we'll swap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This doesn't match what our original plan was. <laughs> <laughs> that just looked anyway. like it was incredibly tough. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, because that, that unfortunately was one of your, um, you know, segues into elimination. Yeah. I saved by an ice cream sandwich. That's oh, where yeah. the ice cream sandwich was. Now my brain's getting back so to what it. Was, so what was more pressure on you? I mean, obviously the, the threat of elimination and going home, I would think would weigh heavily, but... The elimination challenges versus the immunity challenge, you know, sort of how does, how do you, do you approach them differently or a bit the same? Um, no, I approached every day pretty much the same in the sense that I would walk in shaking, nervous as all hell, and we would be walking up towards the kitchen and I'd just be like, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's that's how I approached every single day. I, I was, I think my catchphrase was, I'm terrified. Um, Tamara used to have to just turn it. She would, she would be like, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> that became a little bit of a psychotic mantra. Like it's fine. Everything's fine. But yeah. Um, it's all the fancy gadgets and equipment is locked away. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, they all had their different levels of pressure. Obviously eliminations were the worst because the like, it just sucked to end up in elimination and then to know that someone was going to go home off the back of it. But even then, I think the more eliminations I did, the less terrifying they became. So by the end one, it didn't really come across all that well, I, I don't think. But I actually really enjoyed myself on my elimination day because I thought if this is my last day, and I don't want it to be, but if it is, then I want to have a good day in the kitchen and I just want to enjoy myself and I want to have some fun with it. And it turned out that um, like Ben was pretty convinced throughout the day that he was the one going home. And he was being like, he was really stressing about that. And I had to sort of figuratively slap him across the head and just tell him like, dude, you just need to calm down because you don't know <laughs> it happens. And either this is your last day and you've spent the whole day being stressed and terrified and angry about it and, and you're going to go home and that will be your last memory of it. Or alternatively, it's either mine or Diana's and we've spent the whole time with you being stressed and angry. And I was like, you know, it is what it is. And one of us is going to go home. So we may as well just make the most of it and try to enjoy the day as much as possible. And he, like, I, I got quite cross with him. And at first I thought he was going to get upset with me, but he sort of, he looked at me for a second and took a step back and he was like, thanks, I think I really needed to hear that. And then it was fine from then because he kind of calmed down a little bit. And it's because if you haven't been through very many, and pressure tests are different from elimination challenges as yeah. well. Mm. And the pressure of a pressure test, it's not called that by accident. Like, it's pretty horrible. And yeah. so I think like that can really get to you and there's this whole fear of failure and it sucks. But if you can just try to, I don't know, harness the nerves and, and there's energy instead of making it take over and end up being in a really negative headspace and that can help going forwards, I reckon. 
Yeah, it's probably the right way to sort of um, view it overall realistically. So one of the other things that I thought was was really interesting and sort of hinted at it before was there seemed to be between you and, uh, and Eliza and Tamara this sort of really strong little support network going on in there. Um, I mean, obviously with everyone, but those three in particular, just sort of how did that sort of help you guys through it a little bit? Um, look, it it was... <laughs> It's really hard, I suppose, because we're away from our friends and family. Um, I'm really lucky because I have an incredibly strong support network around me at home. So I have like an Eloise cheer squad 24-7, which is really lovely. And I'm, I'm very lucky to have such beautiful people. But when you go into that environment and you're completely taken away from that, you have to, first of all, figure out how to be your own cheer squad. Yeah. But second of all, you like you form bonds and you form them fairly quickly and they mm. become pretty strong pretty fast. Yeah. So um, Tamara and I were both in the same bedroom and we sort of had our little bunk beds. We were both on the top <laughs> and we were opposite each other and we'd wake up in the morning and wave at each other and I don't, I don't even know how it came about but we just ended up becoming friends really, like, really quickly. Found and like school camp, did you, like, have paper cups on a string? <laughs> <laughs> You know, just, but we did write each other notes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that happened. It's awesome. And then it had tangible benefits because you were like, you know, saved from one um, team challenge. I know, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like sweet. I, I, I lucked out, totally lucked out. <laughs> as much as I love doing the team challenges, they were probably the most terrifying of all of them because... Well, they've got consequences. Yeah, but everyone always works really hard and you can do really well and still end up on the bottom, like especially when there's only two teams. It mm. often came down to the finer details and it, it's stressful because they're, they're often multiple hours and you're working the whole time and it's, yeah, it, it, it sucks that someone has to go into elimination off the back of a team challenge. So I was really relieved to, to just skip that whole thing, to be honest. Like the art installation, that would have been insane. Just two, they look like Bunnings greenhouses, to be honest, because my yep. friend's got one that is not good for the wind. You've got to like sandbag that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> but just to make them look like a bit of a wonderland to walk into, that was pretty phenomenal. And again, like you said, all this effort. Yeah. And one team is definitely going into elimination. So it's. Yeah. And of all of the team challenges where I was on the losing team, that was the. That, that one there was the most gut-wrenching loss because we put so much into it and we really thought it through. Like we had the whole multi-sensory experience thing going on. Mm. We had, um, you know, spray bottles of scent and we had the smell of honey and we had the sound of buzzing bees and we had, had... all of the Heston trimmings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we really thought that that was what they wanted was like a, a full multi-sensory experience and then... Mm. At the end of the day, they, they turned around and said, yeah, it was good, but it was just a bit too sweet. So the other team, they, theirs was perfect and they win. And we were like, but did you see all the things that we did? Like, we were but we made this scented bottle. <laughs> yeah. We had buzzing bees for crying out loud. We had all these, we thought, all these oh, anyway. It's fine. I was up multiple children. <laughs> <laughs> you know how there's that shortage of honey at the moment? That's us. Yeah. <laughs> we did this. And you're not going to give us the win? Yeah. And we, we were trying to... Oh, the B numbers for you. 
bee crisis and all of this sort of thing. And we were like, ours even has emotional connections. If you're not enjoying honey on toast in the morning, that's us. <laughs> yeah. Surely yeah. we deserve a win for ruining the honey supply for the world. <laughs> I don't see the problem. Look, I think if you're going to do something like cripple the world's honey, honey supplies, I think the least you deserve to do is win a challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> So I think we need to broach the, the elephant in the room. Now, I tweeted to you at the time, if you remember this, I tweeted to you that it was good to see that, you know, you went out of the competition doing something that we all do every day. Yeah. Uh, taking a yolk out and putting caramel in, into an egg yolk. Um, <laughs> look, it's the only way it could have ended, in all honesty. <laughs> it was all leading to this. So, can you look at eggs? <laughs> Are you able to look at eggs and not cringe? Yep, I, I am. I quite enjoy smashing them now but you know <laughs> performing surgery on an egg yolk was not what I expected to be doing when I stepped into the kitchen that morning but you know it I it, don't you, it, who doesn't I mean really <laughs> yeah well I mean your comment back, back to me was like you don't I went no no I use a funnel <laughs> I use a funnel but I like, I like Kylie Miller I was so pleased to see Kylie Miller walk back into the kitchen and then I saw that and I went no and she just had this really like kind of S&M vibe going that night. Like I'm just. Her <laughs> yeah. Her response was kind of like payback. <laughs> All those challenges they put me through. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Go on. Fix the yoke up. Go on. Do it. Do it. <laughs> but see that yoke was really, it was really cool. And, and you had to brulee the top of it. So once you'd done the, the surgical procedure, you had to sprinkle it with sugar and then blast it with a blowtorch to seal it back over. Yes. And fun fact, I had this little snippet of a recipe written in one of my books and Samuel and I one night, I told him about this brulee egg and he was like, nah, nah, never going to happen. That's a load of crap. <laughs> and so we, we went and we tested it out on a soft-boiled egg and he ate it and he was like, that is the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> So this is, mind you, a half of a soft-boiled egg sprinkled with a tiny bit of salt, covered in sugar, and then brulee. And he said it was disgusting. I think please, Sam please, tried please, it. Please, and always MasterChef yeah. house? <laughs> you needed caramel in yes. the middle. Yes. Lean, yes. lean pigs yes. in the MasterChef house, was it that night? <laughs> <laughs> but I turned around and I was like, brulee egg is going to be a thing. You watch. I'm going to do a brulee egg on the show. And, and then sure enough, I freaking did one and then I had to go home. But <laughs> the foretellings, Mystic Kitchen foretellings. You know? <laughs> was it the breakfast before that Jess is there, you know, trying to poach eggs and none of it was working? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Eggs, eggs were the, of, of all of the things that I have seen people trip over on, mm. eggs this year, it was like poor Jess and, and the, that egg challenge. Yeah. Like that just ruined her. And then... You and the yolks and the caramel and the and just watching that was crazy. And watching everyone like just sort of go, hang on. So I've got to now move. I've got to salt. What, what do I have? To, are you kidding me, right? <laughs> no, no, seriously, I have to caramel in there now. But what I love about the journey this year, right? Like you've had these shitty, crazy. I shouldn't say shitty, but these like cray cray amazing challenges. But. One of the ones that is most memorable for, memorable for me is the potato challenge. <laughs> it's like, you know, they unveil very dramatically this potato. Yeah. Cool music in the background. And it's like... It was very Iron Chef at that point. Yes. Yeah. 
and make some chips in a sauce. But you know what I loved best was yes. that potato was on a pedestal on this plinth thing yes. and it had a little stick poking up into it and it was just like this one potato on a it was the it was the most bizarre. The glorified <laughs> potato. I was waiting for Chairman Cargo to appear. Yeah. <laughs> Dramatic reveal followed by eating a capsicum and looking very satisfied into the camera. Now, the three judges would have made the best chairman cargo. <laughs> Matt's got a flair for Matt. the dramatic. He does. Yeah, I think it would have to be Matt. And the cravat, yeah. Um, I could see him him doing that. Yeah, um, down on the capsicum. Yeah, and, and biting into the capsicum and then looking very satisfied <laughs> with, his, with his bite. Yeah, definitely. That was good capsicum. Very good capsicum. So, obviously now you've got the... The, the burning pirate ship dessert going forward. I'm assuming there's a lot more coming, you know, our way very shortly. Yeah, I, well, I'm doing a couple of event, events. Samuel and I are also doing a like cooking class together, which should be a lot of fun. So we're doing a bit of a um, hands-on demo that's in Adelaide as well. So sorry, not Sydney, but um, there are a few. I mean, look, we don't know where we live, so we, we may <laughs> live there. It's just, you know. We'll just well, okay. enough. <laughs> We just yeah, just send Jeremy from Bake Off in our place. It's yeah, fine. yeah. He'll go. He'll love it. He'll bring his <laughs> macarons. <laughs> macarons. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that should be good fun. There's a couple of other events coming up. I'm hosting a dinner in a couple of weeks. So yeah, just a whole lot of stuff. I'm trying to get myself out there and do as much as possible. Get my get my hands dirty. And be, and, and yeah. also trying desperately to make sure that you can watch Survivor Australia with the rest of us in real time. Yes, um, I know. I still haven't figured that out yet. You need to because it's really hurting the tweeting back and forth. Yeah, it's um, annoying me. I, I can't include you in a roll call if 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 you're not up on speed. So that's no, it. fair enough. Need to work need to work that out. So yeah. all right, <laughs> that's that's one of my other jobs for this week. Yes. Now, because you are like us, a connoisseur of reality television. Is there any particular, like, vents or anything like that you want to get out of your system, you know, just not in the Twitterverse or...? Um, I don't know. I mean, we, we noticed, again, we were talking about it you know, before and we've talked about it online with regards to just the way that people interact on, on media with, you know, people on reality TV. Yeah. I, I think that's sort of the other... It's the other lasting legacy of this, and I think both positively and negatively. I think yeah. it's a lasting legacy. There's ways, ways to be frustrated and get the shits with things and then there's yeah. ways to be an absolute douchebag. Yeah. You know, which is att- by attacking the person and making them feel like utter crap. Yeah. Yeah. Not called for. And I, mean, I, I think yeah. you handled it, you know, incredibly well. Oh, thanks. The block button's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so, but also what you, what you did, and I, I observed this sort of online, was calling people out on, but why are you doing this? Yeah. I just, I I feel like there's, I I get it. Like I've watched particularly MasterChef. That's been a show that I've watched since day one. Mm -hmm. I like to yell at the TV and I like to yell at the people on the TV and say, you suck, you don't know how to cook, blah, 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 whatever. That's me yelling at my own television. And I get frustrated sometimes watching some of the challenges, watching some of the contestants. I develop my own personal, you know, preferences and biases and whatever else. But it's really, really hurtful when there is a barrage of negative comments from people just being negative Nancys and making it personal. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one thing to laugh at Eloise because she didn't 
know how to cook pate and pureed liver and made liver soup and it looked literally like crap that's fine <laughs> laugh at that laugh at me whatever to say that you don't think I should be there because of it that's that's like that's justifiable but when there are people who are doing well and who are getting good feedback and then there are personal nasty comments where they're inciting violence or making very, very derogatory, you know, remarks about personal attributes of certain people Mm. that just crosses a line and it is so unnecessary. And it makes me, it made me really upset because there was, I, I copped a bit of backlash directed at me and that's one thing because I like to think I've got fairly thick skin and I, I like it said, I hit the block button. I don't really care. You can think what you want to think of me, but yeah. I don't have to listen to it. But when I saw it happen to um, a couple of my friends, that hurt me even more because it was like you want to jump in and you want to stand up for them. But mm. the moment you give these people attention, it's just yeah. going to feed their ego and it's just going to make them keep going. So that was really frustrating and I, I, that was a part of it that I didn't like. Yeah, I mean, it's like sport, you know, it's all fair and good to boo the other team and, yeah. you know, you know, point out things that are different in terms of, um, like, I don't, a, a person's how they play on the day. But when, yeah. you, you know, situations that, like, say, Adam Goods have, has been through and, and, yeah. and Buddy, what's his <clears> face? <throat> it, it's, yes. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not fair. That's no. not sporting. Not fair. No. It's the no. same, I think, with the interaction with um, and that was shows. and that was sort of our feedback when we got towards the end of the series, which was play the dish, don't play the person. Yeah. So if you look at a dish, you've got everyone to criticise a dish if you don't like the dish. That's fine. Don't play the person. Don't yeah. don't get in on the person. Go, what the hell were you thinking with that? You know, that's not that person's and we fault. We all have shit days, and and quite frankly, like if you actually look at your journey, Eloise, and anyone's journey on MasterChef, there is a lot of good a lot more good that is served up than, than the crap, you know? Like. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and leading into that nicely, which is you know, my other question for you, which is, is the stock standard one, but I think we have to ask it. Yeah. What was your favourite thing you cooked? Oh, my favourite thing I cooked. My, my favourite, oh, I don't know. My fa- you know what? I've recently remade my chicken and waffles that I did for round one of the immunity challenge way back when. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... That was, I have to say, bloody delicious. And so the things that I would probably want to eat, that's got to be up there. But for the dish that I made that with the feedback I got, it had to have been the ice cream sandwich with Ben Shuri because, yeah. yeah. Ben Shuri. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Ben Shuri and Attica and, and Ben Shuri. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, you've, you've, you've said that. But, again, I think that for me, and it's one of the things that I like about it is that it's, it's the dish that you like when you said about chicken and waffles, not necessarily the one that's got the most technical, you know, no. to it, but it's just good food. Yeah. You know, it's just like, by the way, you've now made me want chicken and waffles. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I'll break out the waffle line later. Um, I did actually buy one just so that I could test it out my we, recipe we again. I have the giant four waffle, ridiculously brilliant <laughs> settings waffle line because that's me in the kitchen. I buy ridiculous things. And me too. Yeah, he's really sweet because, like, at the end of the year when um, like last year when he's year twelve, I think it was their last day. You took yeah. him. He took in like um, waffle batter and the waffle iron and made them all waffles. Like that's just Aww. 
Oh, that's nice. Oh, good in the ears somehow. And plus, I wanted waffles for breakfast. So. <laughs> I, I get something. The kids get something. Here more importantly, like more importantly, I get something. <laughs> so, so with that, it's been a fantastic time to chat with you. We really appreciate the fact that you made some time to have a chat with us. Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. So not a problem. And and hopefully we get to do this again, you know, in the future, especially, you know, maybe around launch of, of pirate-themed dessert bars. Um, <laughs> that yeah. would always be nice. I'm getting yeah. my, my piratiness together for it. I'm yep. trying to train no. my cat to sit on my shoulder because her name's Polly. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll work on getting her to sit on your shoulder so, and then we can yeah. bring her to the opening. No. <laughs> no. So, anyway, thank you very much for the for the chat today, Eloise. It's been spectacular. I've been um, Chris. I've been Chris. I've been Christy. And we'll catch you all later. Ciao. Bye.